All right, welcome to another edition of Silver Screen Previews for April 8th, 2022. We welcome you along the Instagram Live platform. My name is Rob Martin, and on the other side of the glass, we welcome back returning co-host Janet Elkin. Welcome back, Janet. Hi, Rob. How are you? Great. Great to see you. Fantastic. Hey, so we're talking about uh, Ambulance, the brand new film from Michael Bay, stars uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Isa Gonzalez, and uh, let me make sure he's got his name right, uh, Yaya uh, Mateen II. So this is a brand new film out today in theaters live. It's an R-rated action drama, as you would suspect. It's two hours and 16 minutes. Very important. Two robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. All right, Janet, your opinion of Ambulance? Well, uh, it's an uncomplicated movie. I mean, the plot is straightforward. Um, You know, you have two people that are going to rob a bank, and uh, the the rest of the film is just a, a car chase for a majority of, I say, a good two hours. Um, What's interesting is, you know, the director, Michael Bay, he's, I guess, very famous for the impressive action sequences, and uh, he truly tries to extend it over and over to where you think at some point, you're like, when is it going to end? Um, That is really what's a lot of it's impressive uh, about the film. I mean, he uses a lot of things such as the drone, and uh, maybe pulleys with the cameras to get like zooming shots. The only thing I found that sometimes with the camera shots is that sometimes it was very shaky. Ah. The camera shot. Yes, very shaky. But you know what? I still, for two hours and 16 minutes, I wanted to see how this was going to end <laughs> as the film. One of the things I actually found as all the characters was Aziza Gonzalez. I thought her character was she played a character amazingly and you have to really give kudos to the emt workers that actually you know come up against uh people who are either ill or injured and what they really have to do during um you know when you're in an ambulance you know you think she wasn't very sensitive but she was hardworking and she knew her job but there were signs of showing her sensitivity when in the very beginning when she um had that the little girl that was had a little stake in her in her in her chest in the back seat of the car, yes. and she knew yes. how to soothe that child. And then at the very end, she returned back to follow up on her. So she did have some sort of vulnerability, even though she didn't want to show it in her job. Yeah, I couldn't understand that at all, uh, Janet. Because if you're an EMT worker, you should show some kind of empathy. You shouldn't be a a soulless robot just doing your job. Would you agree? I agree with that. Yeah, it's not. She yeah, want, she doesn't want to show that emotion to the next person that comes into the ambulance. Yeah, and but you know, you think about the fact that you're dealing with this situation where you're trying to rescue and help somebody. It's not like you're going through a Burger King, you know, drive-through. You know, the next person, the next person, the next person. It shouldn't be like that. But I see your point, though. <laughs> 
So continue. Yeah, I think if you put too much emotion to it, maybe you can't do the next job. Mm, uh, but I thought she played her character so well and was so diligent with the police officer that was in the backseat during the heist. And the what was really insane was the type of operation she had to do that normally an EMT worker would not have to do. Yes, so true. some of the things in the, in the film were a little bit absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do feel sorry for the adoptive brother Will Sharp because I think he wanted an easy loan and he just that's not what he got himself in for (laughs) no no without a doubt and the things that happen in this film regarding those two brothers you get the backstory during the story during the whole plot of the film which works out as as far as little tidbits that come come in and you start thinking okay these were really cl- close brothers the father obviously adopted uh, Mateen's character you know and and, and that they have this bond that you figure out, okay, this is not going to be easy for them to pull off this heist when he's kind of going into it half-assed. True. Um, Will Sharp really doesn't know what's going to be involved in this until he actually gets into it, and I think he feels quite sorry. You actually feel sorry for his character, too, because he really only wanted to help out his wife. Yeah. And he got really sucked into Danny, played by uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, his life of crime. Mm Mm-hmm. Which he got from his father. You feel sorry for Will's character. You don't feel sorry for uh, Danny at all. You don't? No, you don't. And I don't know. I, I don't. I Why? Don't feel sorry for he was... I, think, I think Danny was a psychopath. I think Danny had no emotion for anybody but for himself. I think he was a very selfish person. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> let us know what your take is, uh, the final verdict. I do give it a thumbs up. Oh. I do like I wanted to see the ending of this movie, even though the wild goose chase with the action and adventure kind of constantly repeated itself and didn't want to end. I wanted to see how it was how the final ending of this. I give it a thumbs up. All right, I also agree with you on this film. I also give it a thumbs up based on the following facts: that Gyllenhaal is fantastic as the bad guy brother in this. You, you think of this comparison of to maybe Nicolas Cage and Gone in sixty seconds. The whole brother aspect i see that coming through in this in this movie the action is fantastic i mean it's really non-stop it just keeps coming and coming the use of the drones is incredible and it's similar a lot to speed in some aspects being that you have the vehicle that's in being chased in constant motion on the freeway you see that like, okay i see where they're going with this i actually find it amazing and, and ellie freeway how they actually pulled that off but i think they did it when it was like the downside of where the pandemic was so I don't know, maybe, maybe not a lot of people were driving around. <laughs> Definitely. And I had forgotten completely the, the way that Michael Bay directs his films. I mean, you have that constant dizzying camera action that you just can't stay still. He's constantly moving around people with the camera back and forth. I miss that kind of stuff. And it came through here, uh, you know, 100%. Uh, Aiza Gonzalez's character, I think, does play the wild card in this entire film that makes things happen. Because if it wasn't for her in the back of that ambulance with the cop that's been, that's been injured, you see what kind of things she can bring to the table. And that was a driving force behind this movie in the first place. So yes, thumbs up for uh, Ambulance. And also, Jenna Elkin agrees on thumbs up. Our next movie on Silver Screen Previews is Agent Game. Now, Agent Game is an R-rated thriller, action thriller, as you would say, directed by Grant S. Johnson. It's in theaters now on a limited basis. And it's also out on Vudu, iTunes today. Mel Gibson, Dermot uh, Mulroney, Jason Isaacs, Katie Cassidy, 
a CIA officer finds himself the target of a rendition uh, operation after being scapegoated for the death of an interrogation subject. So here's a clip of Agent Game. All right, so that's Mel Gibson in uh, the Agent Game. What are your take on this, uh, Janet? I think the theme of this was confusion. Uh, confusion for Agent Game. There were so many disjointed plots. There was three plots going on, and mm-hmm. you really had to pay close attention. And what I thought was also making it confusing was you had the story starts at the end of the story of the you know of the uh, film, and then it goes then in the, in the first fifteen minutes, and it goes back to what happens five weeks ago, and then it goes back to what happened three weeks earlier. So it makes the viewer very confused as to what's going on in the story. Mm-hmm. And then you have you do have three plots going on in the story. You have one with the Dermot uh, Mulroney yes. and his team, where he's accusing uh, this guy as being a terrorist. And then you have another group of agents that are bargaining for their job. And then you have um, Mel Gibson, who's controlling everything. <laughs> he's got and the easiest job. And, and there's there's no flashback or backstory to what is going on. There's a lot of psychological games being played with each other, too. Uh, it's just a very disjointed plot. And it doesn't really flow very well altogether. That's what I thought. Interesting. All right. Uh, what do you say then? Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's not really a good I, endorsement. Yeah, I thought it was a very frustrating movie to watch. Just that there's so many different things jumping up in different stories, and I just don't. I think it gets you frustrated in trying to get everything engaged to what's going on. Definitely. Was there anything in this film that could have happened that made it a more pleasant experience for you or for as a viewer? I, I think out of the three plots that I actually mentioned, if they focused on one, I think it would have been a better movie. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what I think if I was the director. <laughs> what a, what about the use of Mel Gibson in this? You know, Mel Gibson, I don't think, has a major role in this film. Really, he was there, but, <laughs> you know, it could have been any, any other actor. I'm very surprised. I think the other characters overtook Mel Gibson. Uh, you saw him occasionally in there, but like I said, if they f- if they focused on one of the three plots, I think it would have been a better agent movie. All right, so there you go. A thumbs down. Resounding thumbs oh, down from sorry. Janet Elkin, our co-host this week on Silver Screen Previews. I thought the fact of getting Mel Gibson out in front in the first two or three minutes of the movie was kind of like front-loading front-loading the, the whole movie for people. Like, oh, Mel Gibson's already... He's Look, he's shooting a gun already. My God, this is going to be a great film. And then he disappears for the majority of the movie. Uh, you see him in some dark sequences here and there. and Like, what? what is wrong? What, did he have, like, a bad rash on his face? Did he have some kind of... Uh, uh, severe tan? Why do they keep putting him in these dark scenes for Mel Gibson? I couldn't understand that. Was it the director yeah. uh, that he just decided, you know, let's just put him as a dark figure, like looming in the background of, of Agent Game. Let's not make him too much of a focal point. No, you have Mel Gibson. You are failing the viewers. If you are putting him out front and you put him out for the first two minutes, Mel Gibson's there. He's shooting a gun. He's walking around. And then he disappears. You are conning the viewers. That's what I think is going on. This is a boring thriller. Yeah, it takes 45 minutes. That's right. Four, five minutes in order to get the first substantial action sequences in the entire movie. What does that tell you? It's terrible. It is terrible. Yeah, you're not going to keep your viewer really interested in watching this. Not at all. It was actually painful. It really was. Too many (laughs) plot holes, 
Too many characters I don't care about, and it's not what I came to see. This is a this is a tragedy. I don't know if it was a paycheck movie for Mel Gibson. Uh, do something else, Mel, because you have too much talent to be wasting yourself in agent game. Boring game is yeah. what they should have named it instead. Big disappointment. Yes. An empty, soulless film. Like an empty milk carton. Just think of it like that. I think I made my point on that one. Oh, yeah. Thumbs down. Surprise. <laughs> Our next film on Silver Screen Previews is Sonic the Hedgehog, Part 2. Yeah, so this one is the continuation of the first Sonic the Hedgehog film. Stars Jim Carrey, James Marsden, Atika Sumter, and Idris Elba, who plays the young uh, uh, Knuckles character. So this is in wide release today. It's 124 minutes long, directed by Jeff Fowler. When the manic Dr. Robotnik returns to Earth with a new ally, Knuckles the Echidna, Sonic and his new friend Tails is all about that stands in their way. Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. All right, Janet, give us your take on this one. I thought it was a very enjoyable film. Uh, you had now, for Sonic 2, you had the addition of two extra characters, the animated characters, you had Tails and Knuckles. And I think those two characters made the film interesting and more action-packed with Sonic. Um, yeah. I think the animated characters pretty much made the movie. I think what pulled the movie down were the human characters, especially the story, the section with the wedding. I just felt that that section didn't even need to even occur. Interesting. I think the animated characters could have carried the film, and who, who, who else could carry the film? None other than Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was absolutely perfect for Dr. Uh, Robotnik. His crazy lunacy in the character being uh, his extended day, uh, extended time, actually, on Planet Mushroom only added to the lunacy of his character. <laughs> I just felt that, you know, the characters, the animated characters showed human emotion. They were so very sincere and charming and just emotional characters. And uh, one of the, the one of the quotes I wanted to actually say that mm -hmm. I really liked when Sonic, it was like almost three quarters of the way into the film, I loved the quote that said, being a hero is not taking care of yourself, but taking care of others. Ah. And I, I, I love that quote. <laughs> That's a great point, and it's, it's a great words to live by. Continue with your final verdict on Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. Oh, I loved it. Even though the, the human side characters really were more um, crazier than uh, like cartoon characters and, and how they mm. acted, I think I can overlook that. Just I love the animated characters, and I, I love Jim Carrey. He played Dr. Um, Robotnik perfectly. There is probably no other person that could possibly live up to the building of the character that he plays. Uh, it's just so hard for anybody else to do it uh, nowadays. So, uh, Janet, you give this film a thumbs up. There we yes. go. Thumbs up. Look, I think that Jim Carrey, people will confuse this and say, like, you know what, he just he just overacts all the time. But you know what? It's Jim Carrey. That's what he brings to the table. I will go back in time to 2004 and bring up a film that people will forget. Uh, a series of unfortunate events where he overplays the character. He overdoes it. But it's okay. Why? Because he's probably the only guy that could pull it, pull it off. And same thing goes here. You have to accept that fact and not be critical of Jim Carrey in this because that's what it's all about. He did it already in the first film, so you can always expect the same thing and even more now in the second film that he deals with more characters. Yes, 
I will also go back to the film Tom and Jerry, another one where the human characters were horrible and did not add to the plot. They subtracted to the story with unnecessary things that they added. So I did not like that one. And I, on the, on the other hand, did like this one because they concentrated a lot on the uh, animated characters compared to the, the human characters. You try to, you know, go hand in hand. It's like, does the interesting characters, you know, the, the animated characters override the human defective characters? And yes, that's what happens here in this film. So I would say yes. Thumbs up for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. All right. So we both agree on that one as well. Both thumbs up on Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Our next film on Silver Screen Previews is All Knives Out. Now, All Knives Out is rated R. It's in a thriller, and it's directed by Janice Metz. It's on Prime Video, today only. No theater. Chris Pine, Thandi Newton, and Lawrence Fishburne star. Two CIA operatives and former lovers reunite at an idyllic Carmel by the Sea to re-examine a mission six years ago in Vienna where a fellow agent might have been compromised. So, I think this is a film clip from All the Old Knives. Ah, yes. The Lovebirds, Chris Pine and Thandie Newton. All right. I lay this one on your lap. Uh, Janet Elkin, your opinion of the all the old knives? In this film, there's two uh, genres going here. You have that spy thriller and you have the drama going on here. But what I love in this film is the constant flashbacks because it goes back and kind of updates you to what happened eight years ago and what's currently happening right now. And there's a lot of tension going on back and forth in this drama that's related to uh, this Jordan. They're investigating a Jordanian uh, commercial flight that was being hijacked. And um, it's really, they're they taking an approach in this film with like a whodunit. Each character is suspicious of each other. Mm. Who actually is hiding certain secrets? Yes. And um, that's what makes it e even the film even more intriguing to want to continue watching. But a lot of the characters are, especially the two main characters, Chris Pine and I think Thandi uh, Newton is just reliving painful memories for each character. Yes. And you can tell, you can tell their somber gazes uh, as they're you know having dinner, and then for the flashbacks and the plot just builds up the tension and the suspense. I also like, you know, they do have some dark, shadowy scenes, and I love the, the melancholy music with just, like, single-string instruments that uh, just emphasizes the, the unraveling of the plot. Definitely. And I just, it's a steady pace uh, and film. I, I didn't get bored. Uh, and like I said, I wanted to see it through to the very end, is, and the very ending is uh, surprising. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, did you think that there was enough chemistry here between Chris Pine and... And uh, uh, Thandie Newton in general? What, what was your take on it? You know, the flashback, definitely. <laughs> what I saw, <laughs> without giving it away. Yes. At the dinner table, you know, eight years later, yeah. it fizzled. <laughs> Very good point. You know, yes. Things, things were not the same back then. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I love how they try to mix the fact that Chris Pine now has, of course, a little bit of gray hair. And back then, he had nice, robunctious, kind of uh, MacGyver type of locks and hair. And Thandie Newton was, uh, I don't know how much more sexier she can be, because she's sexier by herself anyway. But she uh, exudes confidence in her, bat in her flashback scenes. Yeah, I was surprised. 
surprised how they made Chris Pine so older or <laughs> yeah, how, how they did that. So it they, may have been. They did, did age him, you know, quite a bit, whereas Dandy Newton really didn't age over the years. No, not at all. I, I just uh, well, it could be a, a combination of CGI. It could be a combination of uh, just coloring, makeup, and hair stuff. You know, kind of maybe well, even, subtle. You know, yeah, they even made his beard gray. So. <laughs> yeah, they wanted him to be like twenty years older, kind of like the the gentleman that he is. I guess this like the I don't know sophisticated gentleman that was eight years older. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it, it's not so, like. Regardless, he still looked handsome, so... <laughs> there you go. As long as you like that. All right, let's do a recap of this week's film on Silver Screen Previews. On that note, uh, Ambulance, quickly. Janet, your opinion on this? Ambulance, listen, if you like high-speed chases, like speed... Even though it was two and a half hours and 15 minutes, then I would go for it. That's, uh, if that's your speed, it's perfect. I gave it a thumbs up. I I love the character Azia uh, Azia Gonzalez. Yes. Uh, as an EMT worker, she pretty much nailed it. And uh, you just do feel sorry for Will. He got caught up in this heist. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Very good. So a thumbs up. I also gave it a thumbs up based on the fact that I don't know how they managed to to keep that cop alive in the ambulance for such a long time. Wow. Yeah. Tremendous uh, cinema photography there. Also credit, of course, to Michael Bay returning to do what he does best with that director's chair and his camera movements. Thumbs up for uh, Ambulance. And on the next film, we're talking about uh, Agent Game. Agent Game, I'm sorry. You had a big star there, Mel Gibson. And you saw him in the beginning. He disappeared uh, in the majority of the film. You saw him sporadically. There was just too much confusion going on, too many plots. If they focused on one plot, I think this film would have been uh, probably a hit. It's uh, it's a, dis- a very big disappointment. Very good. So thumbs down from Janet on uh, Agent Game. I also gave it a thumbs down based on uh, taking so long to get to substantial action. I counted 45 minutes, folks, before yeah. you got some good stuff. A boring thriller. Not recommended at all. So, unfortunately, a thumbs down. On the uh, next film, which was Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2, Janet. I love the film. I love the animated characters, and who would not love Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik? As he made that, see, uh, he's made his character as crazy and loony as possible, living on my love mushroom planet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, you know, I felt that the human characters did not add to the film, but I can overlook that. And I love how they added the two new animated characters, Tail and Knuckle. Yes. Um, I gave it a thumbs up. I do recommend this. All right, so thumbs up from Janet on Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. I also gave it a thumbs up because it's just so much fun. And Jim Carrey does not disappoint. He goes over the top. And what would you expect from a character of uh, Dr. Robotnik? Yes, he returns. So who knows? Maybe they'll do a part three. But, you know, who knows? So. Yeah, that looks like it's probably in the offing. So, yeah, thumbs up for Sonic the Hedgehog part three. I mean, part two. And on our final film, All the Old Knives. Janet? I, I actually loved All the Old Knives, All the Old Knives. Um, I loved how they... They integrate the flashbacks. Sometimes certain films do, do not do well with flashbacks, but in this film, it worked very well for them. I love how they had the tension in the movie of 
coming together at that, that dinner. I love how they played the music, that the melancholy music that actually, actually built the tension in the film. Yes. And I think that the ending was a very big surprise. Definitely. So your thumbs up from Janet Elkin on all the old knives. I also agree. I did like the flashback scenes in the old knives, and I love the chemistry between, uh, obviously, Chris Pine and Thandie Newton. But also, a big-time credit to uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who always goes uh, way out and beyond on his roles here. Very important cog in this film to uh, accentuate plots and, and, and movement as far as acting goes. Credit to him on that. So yeah, big time thumbs up on all the old knives playing on Prime Video. All right, Janet Elkin, give us your social media coordinates, please, before we leave. Uh, I'm a Yes I Am on Instagram, and you can also catch me on Backstage.com. Very good. A programming note, folks. We are off next Friday on April the 15th, but rejoin us right here on Silver Screen Previews on April 22nd as we preview The Northman. Is it The Northman? Yes, it's The Northman. And The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with uh, Nicolas Cage. That's on April 27th. April 22nd with uh, co-host Leo Roma. So join us then. All right, very good. All right, so on behalf of uh, Janet Elkin, we want to thank you guys for joining us right here on Instagram Live, and we'll catch you on April 22nd right back here on Silver Screen Previews, where movies are our middle name. And until then, we'll keep the aisle seat closed. See you next time on Silver Screen Previews.